You're listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you'd like to know more about Hope Central or any of our ministries, please visit hopecentral.org.au. Glad you're here. I'm glad that I'm here with you guys today. I already experienced the amazing presence of God here through the worship. So God is here. God is here among us. Before I start, why don't we pray? Father, we thank you that you're already here, Lord. We just enjoy your presence. We enjoy fellowship with the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we just pray that you continuously touch our lives, Lord. We pray for the Holy Spirit to descend upon every person, that you bring peace, revelation, understanding. Now, Lord, that we will just draw closer to you today. Help us, God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, today we're going to continue with a, a theme from last month, Destination Known, and I'm going to talk about the journey. We're all on a journey called life. And some of us have been on a journey for a long time. And some of us have been shorter. The world is on a journey. The nations are on a journey. You can't actually stop the time. It's something that God has set in place and things are progressing and the clock is ticking every day. And we, as Christians, we began our journey as well when we received Christ in our life. So we have the journey with God as well. Um, you don't decide when your life begins. Likewise, you don't decide where it ends. It's out of your hands. It's out of your hands where you're going to be born. It's out of your hands. Like I live in Australia, but I wasn't born here. had no idea I was going to be here. But that's the journey of life. In Ecclesiastes 3, 1 says, There is time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. There's a beginning and the end. And each life journey is different. We're all born in certain families, in certain cultures, in certain cities, in hospitals, on the side of the road. Wherever you were born, your life began at that moment. And each journey is different. We all have different experiences, different things that have happened to us in our childhood, through our growing up. And that's what has molded and shaped our lives to become who we are. I want to tell you quickly about my journey. I was born in Yugoslavia, ex-Yugoslavia, in 96, sorry, 1976. And my journey began in this communist country. It was a communist country. We had a dictator called Tito. So when I started going to school, we had a, a picture of him in our classroom. So we had to respect in this picture, where you can't swear by his name, if you come in the class with your hat on, it's not allowed, you can be expelled from the school. So we used to sing hymns to him. As a school assembly, we used to run marathons in his name. I didn't know any better. I was just a child, grew up in a certain country, in a certain environment under communism. And then in 1990s, the communism collapsed, and then the war broke out. So I lived 
a part of my life in the war zone. I was probably 14 years old when the war started, and we went to school. You know, when the first war started, you don't go to school for a while because it's too scary, but then after a while, what do you do? Kids need to be educated. So you have to send them to school. We used to go to school. We used to travel for about five kilometers, and grenades used to explode all around. There's a front line probably 20 k's away from the school. The planes used to come over. We were in the class, and the bombs fall, and then we run into the shelter. When the siren goes off, we come back, we study, and we go home. Just life. It sounds crazy, but that's the kind of life that some of us have lived through. And, you know... After a while, I had to flee my country, and eventually I came to Australia. Completely different life. Couldn't say a word of English, different culture, different environment, different climate. Everything tastes different by myself. Um, And that was some part of my journey. In 2001, I became a Christian, and that was the most amazing thing that happened to my life. I just want to share quickly, my story is a lot longer, but I just want to share quickly part of my journey just to paint a picture. And, you know, I met somebody recently who was born in Adelaide. This lady was born in Adelaide. And things that have happened to her life, her journey has been horrific. It makes my journey look like a comfortable journey. And she, was lived, in, she lived in Adelaide most of her life. I'm thinking, well, so it doesn't mean if we are born in a, a blessed country that we could not have a journey that is tough. So how's your journey been so far? Has it been great? Has it been a wonderful journey? Has it been fulfilling or full of joy? Has it been a comfortable journey for you? Or has it been overwhelming and sad, been lonely, stressful and exhausting or depressing or perhaps it's been a mixed bag of good and bad that probably most of us fit in that category life's got goods it's got bad things that happens do you know where you're going on this journey I presume most of us Christians see if you're a Christian you know that we have eternal life. It's a promised life for us that Jesus promised us. And we hold on to that faith and believe. So we kind of know where we're going, ultimately. But do we know, know where we're going in this life? Do we have understanding of where God is taking us? In John 14, 5 says, Thomas said to Jesus, Lord, we do not know where you are going, how can we know the way? It's a fair question, isn't it? Jesus telling disciples all these wonderful things, but they don't get it. We don't know. Jesus ultimately saying, look, just put your trust in me. Look at me. Walk with me. Follow me. I am going to prepare a room for you. Just trust and follow me, and I will take you there. That's essentially what he was saying. In John 3, 8, says, The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear its sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who's born of the Spirit. 
Sometimes we don't know exactly where the destination is. Like I had no idea that I'll be standing before you today and preaching. No idea. It would have scared the pants off me if I knew. Well, already did, but eventually get to it. We don't know. You can't predict those things. But what we do know, we put our trust in God. He leads us and guides us. So we're on this journey called life. We're going in some direction. But we need to have a GPS, which is a, a heavenly GPS, a Holy Spirit. And we need to be in tune with this GPS to lead and guide us and navigate us through our life. And we need to be in touch with it. We need to be open to it. We need to develop a relationship so we rely upon his guidance and leading and prompting us. So we go a certain way and we think, we got this one is like warning. You feel convicted. You're like, hmm, that's not good for you. Don't look there. Don't go down that path. It's not good. Or sometimes we just feel scared to go down a certain path and you feel the nudging and like, come on, come on, you can do it. Other people who have been there, they say, come on. And Jesus said to his disciples, follow me, don't be scared. It's going to be okay. So we need that guidance. There are many roads we can take that we can take to take us off the main path. The whole point of this journey is to remain on the path that God has called us on. Okay? There are things that we can do to get off the main path. Number one, we can take the shortcut. Everybody, anybody ever took, taken a shortcut with your car? You think it was a good idea? <laughs> a quick story, I was working in the hills for a few months and he was driving around a chain of ponds and my friend said, oh, there's a shortcut road, you can go through there and it will you know, save yourself 10, 15 minutes. I thought, okay, I'll give it a go. I've gone off the main road, I've went down this path and I'm thinking, yeah, this is a pretty narrow road. My brand new car, there's bushes everywhere. My cars was just scratching. And I was thinking, what have I done? But you can't even turn back now. There's nowhere to turn around. So I have to commit now to, to, to go through this road. And I was just so frustrated with myself. Why did I listen? Why am I taking this shortcut? Eventually I got there, but my car was terribly scratched. There are lessons to be learned on the long road. You get fitter on the long road. You know, this is not a sprint. This is a marathon. A Christian walk is not a sprint. It builds a character on the, on the long road. You enjoy the scenery on the long road. You have a break where you're able to sit down and reflect the journey that you had so far. And rem- remember, well, God came through there. Remember that? When I was struggling so much and God just intervened supernaturally. You just remember. You have appreciation for the journey more. When you're climbing the mountain, when you're on top of the mountain, it's a lot of better view than when you're going through the tunnel. You know, there's a tunnel to go through the mountain. It's a good idea. But as Christians, sometimes we want to have a shortcut to get quicker where we want it to be. But God, it's not in a hurry. 
When you're on the top of the mountain, you see the view. You can see how far you've come. You can see clearly. When you're in a tunnel taking the shortcut, you can't see clearly. It's just pitch black, darkness. You're hoping on the other side is going to be better. You know, these days, the world has changed a lot. And everybody wants a quick fix. Short spark. Here and now. Give me now. I can't wait. There is no art of wait anymore. Everybody's in a hurry. Hurry up, give me patience. <laughs> can't wait that long. Can't wait to get married for waiting for a year. Let's do it now. God's not in a hurry. We are here for a long haul. That's the ways of the world these days. You know, God does not change just because the world has changed and the generation has become wimpy, shall I call it. We become so accustomed to the comfort and, and quick fix and we want to hear and now. That's been advertised everywhere. That's what the world is offering. And then we're confused. Why is it not happening? Why God is not moving? What's going on? I'm waiting here forever. But God hasn't changed. He's the same God that was in generations where Abraham was to now. He does not change. He's not going to lower his standard to suit our quick fix world mentality. So we need to accept the fact that we are on a long journey with God. Sometimes God does suddenly, and he does bring things quicker. But it's up to him. But sometimes, most, most of the time, it's a long journey. It's a process because of the lessons that we need to learn along the way. Your journey with God is important. It's very important to work together with him. He's not in a hurry. Number two, you can get lost from the main path. You're not sure how you get there. Thinking, how do I end up here? I'm confused. I don't know anymore. I don't have a clear picture or understanding. What am I doing here? Where is the way back out? How do I get out of this place? How do I get here? I was there a few years ago when I lost my purpose. See, I wanted to do everything. I wanted to have it all. I wanted to have all the things that life can offer build houses and have latest and greatest of everything and serve God at the same time. And I did serve God. I was absolutely at everything that the church was putting on, serving in many capacities. But that was not sustainable. I got to this place and I'm thinking, where is God? How do I end up here? Then I realized, actually I left God over there because I was in a hurry and I got lost. It's like, come back to me. Where are you going? As a result of my stupid actions, I suffer the consequences. You can't have it all. You just can't. You can't walk on God's path and live for worldly passions. It just doesn't mix together. So many Christians caught up in this. They know that they're saved. They know that God is with them. They know God loves them. 
but they want the things of the world as well because the world, world advertising so much of this stuff. Get this, and we just, you know, we want this, and we want God, and, and it just doesn't work. You see people being torn. They're not living to full potential what God has for them. Because you can't have it all. You have to surrender wholeheartedly to God and give up things of the world. Because God wants to have it all. He wants to have all you. Not us scattered through everywhere. In 1 John 2, 15 to 17, it says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desire of the eyes and the pride of life is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with these desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. You can't get any more clear than that. Love of the world pushes out love of the Father. If you love the world, it will pass away and it will take you with it. The world and its lusts will pass. We live for eternal things. If you do the will of the Father, you will live forever. Number three, sometimes people give up. You tried, you failed. You used to tell people about Jesus once you were a passionate warrior for Christ. Hungry, zealous for the things of God. And life happened, things happened in between, and you've given up. It's too hard. It's not easy. It's been hard since my birth. God, I had enough. When is it going to end? So much pain and suffering and brokenness. So much fear and threats every day. I have to put up with this world. We long for heaven and a place of peace and rest and comfort and joy where there's no tears. And we will get there. That's what the Bible promises to have. But not yet. We're in the world, but we're not off the world. We're in the world because there's thousands of people that need Christ. They need to be saved. We need to shine a light for Christ. So we'll reach the world, reach the people in the world that are perishing and wasting away. Attacks are relentless. And you're subdued and you've just given up. Being a Christian is so hard. Come on, give me a break. So much stuff going on. You know the problem occur when we are disconnected from God and from his church? We need God. We need Holy Spirit. That's why Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. We need his power. We need his presence. We need his wisdom. We need his grace. The joy comes from him. It doesn't come from the world. It doesn't come from the satisfaction of the flesh, of quick fix. It comes from the Holy Spirit. He knows what we need. He knows the groaning of your heart. But he wants to fill you. 
Don't fill yourself with other stuff, which is just temporarily. Quick fix. It doesn't work. It will wear out in a week or in a day, in a month, and it's gone. Cling to God. Stay with Him together. He will empower you to do, live this life that He's called you on, this journey as a Christian. He wants to empower you, but we need to surrender and submit to Him. The people disconnected from the church. God has created family together for us to grow together. To sh- iron sharpens iron, encouraging one another. We need your gifts. You need my gifts. We need each other. We need encouragement, empowerment together as a tribe to stand for injustice. It's a lot easier when you're together. When you separate out there in the world, eventually you will just lose the spark and you give up. And people that are speaking against the church, they once were powerful men and women of God. It's just a sad story. The devil has just lured them out of it and then just brought them into this confusion and has given up on the hope that they have in Christ. Who encourages you? Who inspires you to keep going? Is it television encourages us? So many lies and deception and schemes. Social media. If we're only looking at that to get ourselves fed and ignore the word of God, we can't last the distance. We're putting the wrong fuel. It's not going to cut it. In John 5.15, Jesus said, I am the true wine, and my Father is the wine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, that he may bear more fruit. Already you are clean because of the word that I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, unless it abides in the wine. Sorry, my vine, wine. <laughs> See my accent? You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. We can't live Christian life if we are disconnected from the wine. There's no sustenance or strength for us. There's no power. There's this powerless Christianity which turns out to be religion. Form of godliness that did not deny its power. We're doing it in our strength and that's why it's so hard and tasteless. And it feels like this just doesn't feel right. Of course it doesn't because it doesn't meant to be like that. We need the oil of the Holy Spirit in our lives. We need oil in our lamps to burn so we can shine the light. Perhaps you started your journey, went so far, and then you camped. We've done enough. And you see on the side of the road this luscious bit of land and nice water trickling through. Think, oh, finally, have a rest. This looks pleasing to the eye. I've played my part. If you're not dead, God is not done with you. Check your pulse, your life, yep. That's why God still wants you to be here. 
There's no retirement in the Bible, I'm sorry. There's just not. There's no teenagers in the Bible. There's men and women, there's birth and death. As simple as that. You know, the story of Lot and Abraham. Lot saw something amazing in Abraham. Abraham was a man of God. He was a righteous man. And God called Abraham to go to a completely different distant land. And Lot wanted to come with him. So I want to follow you, uncle. And so he said, okay. So they went together. And God blessed both of them. And they increased in their herds and flocks. And they became powerful. And they had to separate ways because they were too numerous for each other. And so this is the story of Lot in Genesis thirteen ten, verse 13. When they were separating from each other. And Lot lifted up his eyes and saw that the Jordan Valley was well watered everywhere, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt in the direction of Zoar. So this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself all the Jordan Valley, and Lot journeyed east. Thus they separated from each other. Abraham settled in the land of Canaan, while Lot settled among the cities of the valley and moved his stand as far as Sodom. Now the men of Sodom were wicked, great sinners against the Lord. Now, Lot saw with his eyes what pleased his eyes. So the green pastures, beautiful land, lots of water, that's awesome. Because Lot looked what pleased to the eyes. Now he was separated from Abraham, a man of God, so his connection with God, God man is gone. And he's pursued what pleased his eyes. And we know what happened to him. He lost everything. He lost his family, lost everything. He just escaped through the flames because of the kindness of the Lord and the prayer of Abraham. You know, God, it's better to be with God in the midst of a desert than in a luscious place without, without God. Because in the midst of a desert, God can come and supply your needs. And you have purpose, you have peace. But look at the turmoil the Lot was in. Of the wickedness of Sodom and Gomorrah, the Lord had to destroy both cities. And the world looks so wicked all around us. Look at the wickedness these days. The people call wicked things good and good things bad. That's the world we live in. And all the more, we need to shine the light for people to see. Because so many in the darkness that I cannot see. I want to ask you, where are you right now? Where are you on your journey? Are you on a mountaintop where you see clearly and it's beautiful? Are you on a tunnel when it's dark and unpredictable? Are you lost? You don't know how you got there, but you're lost. Have you given up all the dreams and passions that God put into you? Along the way, you just, they're just worn off because of the hard life. Where are you? I want to also ask you, 
Why do you think you are there? Identify what stands between you and God and his destiny for you. His destiny for you. Most of us will know straight away. If we're really honest with ourselves, we can go, yeah, I know why I'm here. Could be a hurt, unforgiveness, disappointment. And all sorts of things can creep up. And devil is relentless to get us off that path. We need to get real. We need to back on the, back on the road. And the sense of urgency, we need to do it straight away. The longer we leave, the further away we go, or in the wrong direction. We need to get back on the road with God, embrace Him in our lives, and continue on this journey that, we, that He's called us on. You need to get back in the Word, we need to get back into fellowship, we need to get back to the things that God is calling us to, because the Word is lamp to our feet. It will show us the path and will light our path. Maybe you need a push. Maybe you're stuck and you know, we can pray together and sometimes when the car won't start, we just give it a bit of push. That's what the church is for. That's what the friends are for. That's what the family is for. People pushed me in my life and I'm so glad they did. You know, I might think, well, when I have it all, then I will. When I achieve all these things that I want to achieve, in life and accomplish, then I will do things of God. That never happens. God doesn't want to work with you and use you when you have it all together. He loves using people that are broken, hurting people. He wants to heal. He wants to use you where you're at, what you have. Moses had a, a rod. He says, yeah, use that. You have a mouth to speak. Don't have to have palaces, so much money. You can just encourage people. You might need healing. Because, you know, we live in a world that is full of sickness. And sometimes we, we want to do the will of God, but we're sick. We're not well. But we need to pray for healing and deliverance. That you'll be set free so you can Continue to walk on the path with God. Perhaps you need a breakthrough from old habits. We need to make a commitment. I'm just going to invite the band over to lead us in worship. And we'll come back afterwards and we'll just encourage you. If you want to come for prayer, but these things that I mentioned, we'd love to pray with you and bring, set you back on the journey with God. Because that's what he wants. He desires that. Because he loves you so much. Thank you. You've been listening to a message from Hope Central in Adelaide, South Australia. If you want more information about who we are, visit us at hopecentral.org.au or join us for Sunday worship at any of our three campuses.